So, what's your goal? What's your end? What is the one thing you've chosen? Now, we're inundated with voices, aren't we? Social media, our phones, our computers, our televisions. There are lots of voices who want to tell us what the thing should be. You need this phone. You need to drive this car. You need this pill to take to make you healthy. You need to support this candidate or this position. The voices are just drowning us out. We have no peace. But there is a voice that we should listen for. You know, God is always, always wanting to talk to us. He's always speaking. St. Paul used that fact in his opening argument to the Romans. He was addressing those wicked folks who were suppressing the truth, denying it. And he said, God has made the truth plain to them because he has made it plain to them. For ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power and his divinity are clearly seen in everything that has been made. If you want it even more poetically put, look at the 19th Psalm. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. Some of you may have seen the pictures from the James Webb Telescope late last week, and you look at those gorgeous images and know, wow, that's what God does and is. But don't confuse the beautiful creatures with the Creator. As Augustine put it, who made all these beautiful and changing things, if not one who is beautiful and does not change. Listen to him. The voice may be very faint, but he's there. He wants to talk to you. Now, I must say that I have never, with my ears, heard the voice of the Lord, even though I pray the psalm, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And, and I haven't seen him, the vision of him, but that doesn't mean he's not speaking. Now, sometimes he does do that. As we heard in that first reading, the Lord appeared to Abraham at the oak of Mamre. And he saw three men. And it's not really clear from the story when exactly he recognized who the, those strangers were. He was just following the law of hospitality in the ancient Near East. You had an obligation to entertain people who came by. You were saving their lives because often there was no other place to get food or shelter or water. But by the end, when he said, by this time next year you'll have a child, there's only one person that could say that. Only God could say that Sarah, who was beyond the age, would have a baby a year from then.
And of course, in today's gospel, parallel to that, God himself comes to the house of Martha and is welcomed with hospitality. Again, that ancient tradition in that part of the world. And he was treated to hospitality by Martha, but a different type of personality by Mary. Now, oftentimes Jesus think, people think that Martha got a bum rap on this particular occasion. And if you want to see a rebuke, I, you can. But I see it more as, a, as an endearing, Martha, Martha, don't get distracted. Yes, I love you, and I appreciate that you are serving me, but the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And what he was offering Mary, Martha's sister, and what he wanted to give to Martha too, was himself. He wanted to have fellowship with her. He wanted her to listen to him, to receive from him. And so it is with us too. The Lord Jesus wants to be with us more than sometimes we want to be with him. There's a beautiful image in the book of Revelation. It's in the third chapter, and our Lord is talking to one of the ancient churches in Asia Minor at Laodicea. And he says, Behold, here I am. I'm standing at your door, knocking. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. The Lord is speaking to you, and you, and you, and you, and me. He wants time with us. I encourage you today and every day, even if it's just for a minute, quiet yourselves. Set aside all those other voices and be quiet and listen to the one who loved you into being, who died for you and wants to, you to spend eternity with him because he is the one thing necessary.